Thanks for checking out this message from Spring Mountain. For more information about us and what we do, visit our website, swimmountcf.co.uk. Or join us every Sunday from 11am at Abbey Road in Barrow and Furness. If you would like us as a church to pray for you, then please email prayer at springmountcf.co.uk. Then they were going to get sucked under and it could have been difficult. And often some of them got rescued and guess what they did? Went straight back in the water again. Yeah, it went straight back in. They got pulled out of these waves by these hunky, hunky lifeguards. Um, there were women as well. They were hunky as well. Uh, I don't know if you, can, I don't know if you, can, I don't know if you can use the word hunky to describe men and women, but I'm going to this morning. Um, and actually, they went straight back in again. And as we look at the Book of Galatians, it's all about freedom. It's all about being free. And some people think, you know, actually I've got to do this, I've got to do that. But it's about freedom. And this morning, we want to talk about rescue. And I want to suggest this. Some people don't want to be rescued. Some people don't know they need rescuing. And some people, when they've been rescued, jump straight back into difficulty again. And need rescuing again and again. So as we look at Galatians over the coming weeks... We're going to see what Paul wrote. Paul wrote this letter. Paul was the man who was going around persecuting Christians. He was going around having them arrested, having them put into prison. He had been a religious man. He was a Jewish man. He was well-learned. And he was the man who, who was, was persecuting them. And then he met Jesus. And his life turned around. And he became the most outspoken person about Jesus. And instead of persecuting, he was persecuted because he wouldn't let go of the faith after his experience. So Paul wrote this letter. It's, we're reading somebody else's letter. He wrote it to several different churches in Galatia because these were churches he'd planted and things were creeping back in that shouldn't have been. Things were creeping back in. They'd been rescued. They'd been set free. And all of a sudden, people were starting to try and impose restrictions or some people were trying to impose more rules on them or some people were trying to say, well, actually, you're not free at all. And this morning, it's for freedom we're set free. And the truth sets us free. Who is the truth? Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. And the truth will set you free. The truth will set you free. Galatians is about freedom, true freedom. Not temporary. Not this week and not next week. It doesn't go out of fashion. It's a permanent change. And chapter one is all about the rescue. As I say, some people don't want to be rescued. Some people don't want to be rescued. Some people, when rescued, jump straight back in. And Paul starts off with his theme. So we're going to look at the first nine verses or so of Galatians this morning. So if you have your Bible, then please follow along. If you don't have one, we can get you one. If you want to bring one, then it's good to write notes. That way you don't fall asleep quite as easily because you're active. All right. If you haven't got a Bible, the words will be on the screen behind you. So Galatians chapter 1, starting at verse 1. Paul introduces himself and he says this, Paul, an apostle, sent not from men nor by a man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father who raised him from the dead and all the brothers and sisters with me. I'm just going to stop there because the introduction is really important. Who you've been sent by is an important thing, isn't it? It's a really important thing. When you get your post, which ones do you open first? You know, because who it's been sent by matters, doesn't it? 
Yeah? If you get home and there's an Amazon parcel there, you're going to open it, aren't you? Usually because you've ordered it or somebody's bought you a present. So we know it's Amazon because it's got that smiley face on it on the back that says, thank you for giving us lots of money. Okay? <laughs> That's why they're smiling. So if you, if you see an Amazon parcel, you know it's sent by Amazon, you're going to open it because you're thinking, yes. We got back from holiday, and I don't know what Chloe had been doing on the internet, but goodness me, there was parcels galore. And I don't think you knew what they were, do you, Chloe? No, no, she didn't even remember what she'd ordered. So there you go, order things before you go away for two weeks, and when you come back, it's a nice surprise, because you don't even remember what you've bought. When it's sent by Amazon, it's great, you know? If it's handwritten, what if it's a handwritten note? Yeah, handwritten's special, isn't it? I've told you before, many of you, when I was a student, you know, young people, we didn't have text. Facebook didn't exist. Snapchat, you had Snapchat, you had to wait a month and then send them in the post. So that's how it was. And often you'd wait a month for these photos that you thought these are going to be great and actually it was mostly of your finger um, because actually you'd taken them wrong. But a handwritten notes, when I used, was at college, Ros would write to me at least once nearly every day. Blech. So when I saw Rosie's handwriting on a letter, guess what? I wanted to open it because it was special, because who sent it is important. Who sent it is important. I sometimes get letters that are white with a sort of business address on the back, and sometimes I don't even bother opening them because usually they're from the bank and I do telephone banking. Why do I need it? I've tried, I've tried to cancel my paper billing, but I don't need it because I can look on my phone. And so I don't bother with those because I know who it's been sent by. So who it's been sent by is important. And Paul starts off the letter to the Galatians by saying who he's been sent by. He tells you who he's been sent by. He says, Paul, an apostle. You know, who knows what the difference is between a disciple and an apostle? You know, we know about Jesus' 12 disciples, yeah? Yeah? His 12 disciples were people who went to learn from a teacher. A disciple is somebody who learns from a teacher, who follows a teacher. In those days, it was a rabbi. So the disciples were people who learned what they were taught. An apostle is somebody who goes and takes that message and teaches others, who hears from a teacher and then takes that teacher's word. Paul is saying, I'm an apostle. I'm not just some bloke that's turned up. I've met Jesus. I've heard this message from Jesus. I've heard this message direct from the heart of God. And that's why he's saying who sent him is important. Who sent him is important. God sent him. And his message is one of clear, simple clarity that God has sent him. So who sends us important? Who sends us important? God can send us this morning to change hearts. Paul's message isn't just coming from human hearts and minds. He's bringing gospel fact. He's bringing complete truth. You know? But it also says he's backed up by his brothers and sisters, doesn't it? It doesn't just say he's backed up by himself. He's backed up by his brothers and sisters. If you read, it says, all the brothers and sisters with me in verse 2. So he's sent from God and backed up by others. Given by God and witnessed by others. Yeah? Okay? So he goes on to say this, because this is who the letter is to. Because it's important, isn't it? It's like reading somebody else's mail, this, isn't it? You know, my son is Mr. J. Harrison. There was a reason why I did that, so that when he was older, I could open his post by accident and go, oh, sorry, Joel. Sadly, post doesn't happen anymore, does it? I was thinking, oh, Joel might get letters every day from a girlfriend, and I could open him and go, oh, sorry, Joel. 
I didn't need, I didn't mean to open it, but it does say Mr. J. Harrison on it. Now it's all Snapchat, oh, you know, that foiled my plans. Anyway, to the churches in Galatia, he goes on to say, verse 3, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Grace and peace. What is grace other than grace that sits in our church sometime? There's a couple of great. Is there any other graces in here this morning? No, none of the, are there any of the great? Have we not got any grace with us this morning? No, oh, oh, grace, there you are. Couldn't see you sat in the middle. So that's amazing grace over there, yes. Hey, <laughs> that joke never gets old, does it? No, no, okay. This is amazing grace. No, it's not. <laughs> what is grace? It's not Grace Hetherington that sat on the sixth row back. Grace you can often, I went, when, I was at, when I was at Sunday school and at camps, you learn, an, an, is it an, an acronym? Is that right, Hilly? An acronym? Yeah, yeah. Okay, GRACE, G-R-A-C-E. You ready? God's riches at Christ's expense. Okay? If you've ne- anyone never heard that before? Oh, Tabby. Well, I've talked to someone this morning. That's great. <laughs> God's riches. God's riches at Christ's expense. Grace is when you get something that you don't deserve. Yeah? Grace is when you get something you don't deserve. It's God's riches. Everything that God has to offer at the expense of Jesus because he died for us so that we could be blessed, that we could live, that we could experience freedom, that we could be rescued. Rescued. He gave himself. You know, that's not just a token gesture, is it? I could say this morning, oh, I'll give you a handshake. I'll give you a handshake. You know, that's easy, isn't it? doesn't cost me anything. If I'm a bit OCD, I might need some anti-back on my hands, although Marie's very clean, so that's fine. Marie might need some anti-back on her hands, on the other hand. But giving a handshake's easy, isn't it? doesn't cost me anything, really. No? What about giving a hug? There's a few people in here who don't like hugs. Oh, oh, I'm look- oh, sorry, I won't look at anyone in particular. Okay, um, I wasn't looking at you, Jeff. I'm sure you do like hugs, that's fine. Something to give a hug that costs a bit more, doesn't it? Because you can get I can give I know I can give Lee a hug. You know, I can invade his space. He knows, he knows, and I know I can give him a hug and no problems there. But it costs a bit more, doesn't it? What about I could give I could give someone a fiver? Oh, I've not got any money. It's okay. That costs me a bit more. But Jesus gave himself. What does that mean? It's everything, isn't it? It's everything. That costs everything to give yourself. Child servant of the king pays. Ooh. Servant, give yourself. Jesus gave himself. This passage in Galatians tells me that Paul is sent by a certain person and that Jesus gave himself. The message is simple this morning. Jesus gave himself. It cost. It cost everything. He gave himself, not just a co- token gesture, And the message that's here is it's by grace that we're saved. Grace is a gift. It's a gift. It's a gift. You know, it's a gift we receive when we accept what Jesus did on the cross. What did he do? He died so that we could live. And he rose again, beating all the rubbish, defeating all the stuff so that you can be forgiven. You know, when we think about grace, think about it this way. Grace comes to you and the glory goes to God it's not about something you can do grace comes to you it's a free gift but the glory goes to him 
not that you've done something to earn it. You know, if it was about what we did, if it's about earning it, then we get the glory, don't we? If it's about being a good person and trying to be the best we can, then we get the glory. We get the praise. Because they say, oh, isn't that person really good? If it's about doing nice things for people, then we get the glory. Because they say, oh, isn't that person nice? Because they've done a nice thing. But if we receive it for free, God gets the glory. And we've done nothing to earn it. But Jesus died to rescue us. Grace is given. He died so that we can be rescued. We're not rescued through rules. Some people think, oh, I'm not going to church, full of rules, full of traditions. You know, there are some churches that do have traditions. We have a church, you know, we as a church will automatically have traditions. It might be the way the chairs are set out. It might be the fact that we have a barbecue the first Sunday back after the summer. You know, if we stop that now, there'd be uproar, wouldn't there? We can't do that. You can't not have a barbecue the first Sunday back. Oh, where am I going to eat burgers now? Some people love tradition, but it's not about tradition. It's not about behaving, but it's by belonging to a family. You know, life is given in a family, isn't it? Even if you're adopted or fostered, life is given, it's chosen. If you're born, it's given. Life is given, it's chosen. Because it's not about traditions. It's not about rule-keeping, and it's not about behaving. It is about belonging. And it's about belonging because it's given. It's about accepting that gift from the Father. The gift that is Jesus. What are we rescued from? Galatians tells me that we are rescued, that we can be rescued. What are we rescued from? It says in that verse we read, from this present evil age. That sounds a bit old-fashioned, doesn't it? But it's not. If I asked you now to think of something in our world that destroys or drags down, will it take you longer than five seconds? No. Will it take you longer than one? No. Because it's all around us, isn't it? You only have to open a newspaper to see that there is stuff going on every single day that destroys or drags down. I was watching the news in Canada on Friday morning and no joke, every story was about somebody dying, being killed, a body being found or somebody getting in a car crash. Wasn't very happy. Things destroy and drag down, but it's not because of that. There's stuff going on in our own lives that we know that destroy or drag us down. And we don't have to think very hard to realize that, do we? We don't have to think very hard at all. But some people don't know they need to be rescued. Some people don't want rescuing. And some people, when they're rescued, jump straight back in again. And some people just don't know who to look to for rescue. He died so that we can be rescued from this present evil age. On the plane, uh, if you didn't know, I've just got back from holiday. Okay. Um, if I say anything wrong, it's because my brain isn't quite caught up with the rest of me at the moment. Okay. My brain is still a little bit five hours behind. So I'll probably get to sometime this afternoon and go, I should have said that. Uh, on the plane, there's films on the way at long haul flights, and uh, th there is Rocket Man. Anyone seen Rocket Man? Okay, Rocket Man is the story of Elton John's life. Okay, brilliant songs. But tragic film, very clever film, but tragic. 
Tragic film. One of the other films, Bohemian Rhapsody. Anyone seen Bohemian Rhapsody? Oh, there's a few Queen fans in this morning. Bohemian Rhapsody, the story of Freddie Mercury. Yeah, we all know who Freddie Mercury is, don't we, I think? Yeah, we know who Queen is, not the Queen. We know who Queen are, yeah? We all know that, yeah? Come on, come on. I know I've been away two weeks, but have you stopped joining in while I've been away? Right, thank you. Okay. Those two films are two prime examples of what I'm talking about. They had it all, didn't they? You know, their songs were sung all over the world. Number one in goodness knows how many countries. Known for their flamboyance, known for their entertainment, known for standing on stage larger than life. But if you ever watch those films, desperately tragic. Desperately tragic. Desperately. Why? Because they had it all, but they'd actually been fooled. Because actually they had nothing. They thought they had it all. They had everything that the world wants. Fame, success, drugs, girls, money, whatever they wanted, whenever they wanted it. And it's so sad. One of the, one of the words that was said in the film was by Elton John's mum. And she said to him in a phone call, she said, do you know, you'll always be lonely and you'll never ever know what it is to be loved properly. That was his mum. That was his mum. He went to see his dad and his dad asked him to sign a record. And his dad had been quite cold when he was younger. His dad asked him to sign a record. And so he signed it and started writing to dad and his dad went, no, 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 no. Um, Arthur at work's a real fan, can you sign it to Arthur? Tragic. Is that belonging to a family? His dad wasn't really that proud. He just wanted what he could take. Two men's lives. What are we rescued from? We're rescued from this present evil age. All the stuff that destroys. You know, the Bible says that Jesus comes to heal, to forgive, to restore, to save. But it says there's somebody who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And he blinds us. He blinds us to those things. Many of us in this room will know of the dangers of the world we live in. And often we choose to be blinded by the lies of the world. Yeah? Yeah? Even if it's a simple thing, like putting your foot down a bit harder on the motorway. We're blinded to the danger. Because do you know what? Some people don't want to be rescued. Some people don't know they need rescuing. And some of us, even when we've been rescued, turn a blind eye and jump straight back in. Which one are we? Which one are we? Jesus gave himself to rescue. It goes on to say that this simple message of Jesus died and you've got it, grace, amazing grace. Everything that Jesus had given for you, everything that God has given for you, everything to set you free, to rescue you. Who doesn't want to be rescued? Maybe it's because they don't see what's on offer in our own lives. Maybe because it's they don't see us as being rescued. Maybe it's because we keep jumping back in ourselves. We turn a blind eye. Galatians 1 goes on to say this, because one of the problems with the churches was the thing that had been creeping in was they'd started believing a different gospel. It wasn't about grace. 
It was about follow this rule, follow that rule, do this tradition, do that. And he goes on to say this, Galatians 1, 6 to 7. I am astonished that you are so quickly deserting the one you, who called you to live in the grace of Christ. There it is again. It's free gift. That's it. it is. You just accept what Jesus has done. And a turn into a different gospel. Gospel means good news. You know, this morning, church should be good news. Our faces should tell others. Well, our lives should tell others that the gospel is good news. It's good news because we're rescued. From what? From all that rubbish. From the stuff that destroys. That's good news, isn't it? Yeah. Thank you, Steve. I need you there. I need you there. The pom-poms. No, it's all right. <laughs> they turn into a different gospel. What does Paul say? Which is no gospel at all. It's not good news. People were coming into the church and changing things, saying, no, no, you need to do this, the other. And some people are throwing you into confusion and are trying to pervert the gospel of Christ. You know, people will even try and twist good news. People, you know, Donald Trump would say fake news, wouldn't he? But anyway, some people will always, I haven't got a black marker pen this morning to change what I've said. But anyway, I'm not, I'm not going into politics, sorry for any Americans in here. But um, good news, people will try and twist good news. They'll try and change good news. They'll try and make a spin on it. But Jesus says it's about grace. It's given. You don't have to earn it. You don't have to do something necessarily. You don't have to help old ladies across the road every day for the rest of your life. Don't kick them or anything like that. Help them is a good. You should choose to do that. The churches were being told they needed to maintain the law. They were being told, oh, these people coming into the church, now you need to be circumcised. That's what the Jews had. That's now, now you need to have that. You need to follow the law. You're not, you're not really with God if you're not following the law. That's what the message they were getting was. But actually, what is grace? Something that we're given so that he gets the glory. Not about something we do. It's about what he's done. You know, freely given. Because our past chains, whatever holds you back, whatever destroys, whatever you struggle with, can be broken on the cross and you can be restored and rescued rescued from this present evil age we can walk into freedom and not slip into legalism he gave you this morning Elton John was told he'll never properly be loved I can tell you this morning that you are loved right now and loved because greater love has no one than this then a man lies, lays down his life for his friends. Jesus laid his life down for you. That's what Galatians is saying at the very start. Jesus gave it all so that you and me can be free. I'm far from perfect. I make so many mistakes. But you know what? I receive God's grace. And he rescues me. He restores me. He lifts me above the rubbish and puts me on solid ground. Do you know, old rules, some of them are great, aren't they? Driving on the correct side of the road is good, isn't it? Do you, wouldn't you believe in Canada, I drove for the two weeks, no problem. Last day, I started going down the road on the wrong side. I don't know whether I was getting used to being back home, but for some bizarre reason, and all the people in my car went, Johnny, <laughs> you're on the wrong side of the road. Because if I'd have just ignored the rules, then it would have ended in disaster, yeah? And obviously, driving on the left side of the road is a rule in this country. Why was it a rule? Most people agree it's because it was to keep your sword hand free. 
Because if your sword hand was right-handed, then if someone came the other way, you didn't know, you could grasp your sword ready to defend or attack. So that's why we drive on the left, apparently, because horse, horsemen went on the left of each other. That's what I believe. I might be proved wrong. But is that a rule that we should still stick to? Yes, but not because of the old tradition. Unless any of you are going driving around Barrow with swords in your hand. If you are, we'll have an amnesty at the end, okay? It's not relevant, but we still need to keep that rule because it's important. But it's not all about the rules, is it? You can still enjoy driving. You can still enjoy going out. It's good to observe the red lights and keep the speed limit. But some law is now not needed. The circumcision of the Jews was a sign to all the people that they were set apart. It was a sign that they were different. Today, the sign that you're different is that you're filled with Jesus, that you're filled with his spirit, that he's sealed your life and he's set you free. Do you know, Jesus said this himself when asked about the law, and I'm nearly finished, so you know. Mark chapter 12, verses 29 to 31. Jesus said this when he was asked about the laws, which commandments are the most important? This is from Jesus, okay? The commandments are the most important one. Jesus didn't say, well, it's important that you eat the right food. That's good. Keeps you healthy. Jesus didn't say it's important that you drive on the left or the right-hand side of the road because they didn't drive. But anyway, he said this. The most important one answered Jesus is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. And here you go this morning. This is the simplicity of the good news. This is what God asks us to do. Number one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. So first rule, love God with everything. Put him above because he's better than us. And then he goes on to say, the second is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So what's God's rules? Love God, love others. Can we put it any simpler? But the Galatians were being told, no, they need circumcision. You need this, you need that, you need the other. Jesus says, love God. Love others. If you love God with everything you have, then actually you don't need to worry about the rules because you'll automatically want to please him because you know that he knows best. You're not going to follow simple traditions and silly things that aren't important. That's it. This morning, rescue's complete. It's already done. It's already been paid. The way has already been put there. All we've got to do is accept it. But do you know, some people don't want rescuing. Do you want rescuing this morning? Some people don't even know they're in danger. Some people don't even know that there's a problem. Some people would rather fence off the whole pool and issue a sheet full of rules about how to stand and what to wear. But God says, no, jump into my love. Dive in. Because he gave, so we receive. Galatians 1, what's it about? It's about rescue. It's about a gift given for you. What do you have to do? Accept it. Say, yes, I choose God. Yes, I choose Jesus. I believe he died for me so that I could be forgiven. Have you got stuff in your past? I have. Have you got stuff in your present? We all have. But you know, Galatians 1 tells me he came to rescue. And he gave it to us. 
and he is glorified. I know people in this room who have chosen God. And as a result, he gets the glory because their lives have changed in such a way that it can't possibly have been them. Because God has come in and swept through the house. Are those people perfect? And that was all of them saying it. Some of them perhaps louder than others. Because they're not. But they serve a perfect saviour who died for us. Who said, get rid of the old stuff because it's not helping you. I've come to rescue you from the evils of this dark age. He gave so we can receive and we can live in love, not law. We can live in love, not law. So do you need rescuing? He's already there. Just like those lifeguards were stood waiting every time. Jesus this morning stands there and says, I'm ready for you. I'm ready for you. I can see you struggling. And he wants to jump in, but you know, he won't, like the lifeguards, they jumped in without permission. Jesus won't jump in without your permission. He wants you to say yes to him. Do you want to be rescued? Do you realize you need rescuing? And if you've been rescued, don't jump straight back in again to the stuff, because then you'll need to be climbing out again. Let's pray.